This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, one and all, to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by. Bet Rivers. Lots to get to today. The Browns searching for an OC, but will that OC call plays or not? Plus, looking for a new running backs coach and a new tight end coach. Plus, Andrew Berry, the general manager of the Browns, spoke today in Berea. What did he have to say? Anything of note? We'll get to all that. That's coming up on this edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. So before we get into all that, real quick on the uh, the playoffs, down to the Final Four, obviously uh, one of those games yesterday to get to the Final Four, Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers lose to the Lions. Been a ton of talk. People were I, – I managed to pull off a, a pretty interesting feat yesterday on Twitter where I pissed off both Baker fans and Watson fans with what I thought was just honesty, that Baker's clearly had a better year. Baker played well in the playoffs. He choked in the end. He choked on that last drive. So the Baker people were mad because I called it a choke. Apparently, it's only a choke if you play poorly the whole game. I didn't know there were certain rules for what we call a choke. And then everybody else was mad because I said Baker had a better year than Watson, which seemed pretty obvious to me. I didn't know what was controversial about that. And that led into some in-depth conversations about how good Deshaun Watson has played. Let's face the reality. First of all, I can't help people get mad at me. I bring out passion in people. I, I I think that's good. Some people love me. Some people hate me. I can't I can't help it. If you get mad at me, I can't fight. And I, I debate people on Twitter, certainly, because I want to interact with fans. But if you're going to be mad at me or hate me because I said Deshaun Watson hasn't been good in two years, I, got, I just got to live with that because I can't live with myself if I can't give an honest opinion. Some people want a cheerleader only, and that's fine. There are options out there. There are plenty of people in the media that are just going to tell you what you want to hear instead of giving honest opinions because they're scared to piss people off. I don't I don't make it my goal to get people angry at me. Everybody wants to be loved. I'm not any different than anybody else. But if I'm doing my job right, then people are going to get angry, and that's it. So I, I, I can take that. Um I was ex- as excited as anybody when the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, but the reality is he's been a huge disappointment in the two years he's been here. Uh, yeah, there were a couple good moments, including the great second half against the Ravens, and you could point to that. You could in- inflate his performance based on the win-loss record of 7-4, and four, which is good, fine. Uh, but you can't delude yourselves. You can't. I mean, if you want to, I guess you can con yourselves into believing he hasn't been a disappointment. If I would have given you the details of Deshaun Watson's play in his first two years when they made the trade and said, would you be OK with this? Nobody would have said yes. Now, you could you could come up with any statistic. 
You can you lie to yourself. You can do whatever you want. His play's been a disappointment. That doesn't mean it will be going forward. I'm not saying the full story's been written about Deshaun. I'm st- I still have expectations for Deshaun Watson. They're just not as high as they were originally. And that's disappointing because they gave up a ton to get him. A ton. And they get paid him a ton of money because they thought, like I thought, and I'm sure like most of you thought, that this guy's a top five quarterback. I'm still a little hopeful that he can be that guy again, but I'm not nearly as hopeful as I was when they got him. How could anybody be? Now, if you are, that's great. I hope you're right. I haven't given up on Deshaun Watson, but I I don't see how anybody can be as confident because he hasn't been a top five quarterback or even close to it since since the COVID year. That's a long time ago now at this point. But what can they do? And maybe the new expectation is for just Deshaun Watson to be good and not great. Maybe he's never going to be great again. Hopefully he can be great. But let's say he can be good. Let's say the Browns can get good quarterback play, solid quarterback play. Well, then you need to do better things around him, right? Maybe he can't carry a team like Patrick Mahomes, like Lamar Jackson has done a couple of times. Not in the playoffs, although he did do a great job against Houston. And we'll see how he does this weekend against Kansas City. Uh, but he has carried a team. I mean, he's probably going to win his second MVP. Uh, so what do you do to put better players around him? Well, it starts at wide receiver. We have a stud in Amari Cooper, and there's a lot of work to be done around that. Uh, the three guys they've drafted as third-round picks the last three years so far have been big disappointments. I mean, Anthony Schwartz is gone. David Bell's been a big disappointment, but he's played better down the stretch this year. Showed a little sign of life. Cedric Tillman hasn't shown much, but he was only a rookie. We'll see. The jury's not completely out on those two guys. Not off to a promising start for either of them, but the jury's still out. Elijah Moore is just a guy. And so the Browns need to upgrade. They've turned David Njoku. uh, Had his best season, but he played his best football with Joe Flacco. So I'll be curious to see how that translates next year. I thought he and Watson would be a great combo. I still think they can be a very good combo. Uh, you know, I just hope there's no setback. Uh, but David Njoku had a tremendous season. So they've got a, an excellent tight end. They've got an excellent one, number one wide receiver. And hopefully Nick Chubb is healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm fully in on Nick Chubb. I'm a total believer. Maybe I'm conning myself there, but I believe Nick Chubb's going to bounce back. I think he's an Adrian Peterson-level freak of nature, and I think he's going to be one of the best backs in the league next year. You certainly want to address the position long-term and have other options. But I am 100% believing in Nick Chubb going into next year. Um, and and so what do you, what else do you got to do? Well, they've got to get, you know, yeah, you want to get a young another young running back in the mix. Uh, maybe another young tight end in the mix. But ultimately, you have to upgrade at wide receiver. And the Browns have been unable to do that so far in the draft. They may have to go to free agency. So whether that's Calvin Ridley. Now, again, some of these guys may not become free agents because they may get franchised. But whether it's Calvin Ridley or Marquise Brown or Michael Pittman or T. Higgins, I think one of those guys has to be a, a, a – I think all of those guys should be targets for the Browns. Uh, I think T. Higgins Higgins will get franchised. I think Michael Pittman has a good chance to get franchised. I don't know the Colts as well as I know the Bengals, so maybe there's another guy there they need to franchise and he won't. I don't know. 
But I don't think Calvin Ridley or Marquise Brown are getting franchised, so at least you'd think those two guys will be out there. Again, we got some time. Free agency's not for about two more months, but uh, this has got to be priority number one this offseason is getting one of the guys in that group. I think. Now, will the Browns feel that way? I don't know. I know that if I'm not going to get elite quarterback play, and even if I do get elite quarterback play, it's not going to hurt to have a great wide receiver. Another, well, maybe not great. I don't know if any of those guys are great, but they're all very good wide receivers. They're all certainly way better than anybody the Browns have, all four of those guys. They're all four would be excellent compliments to what Amari Cooper brings. I think Pittman and Higgins are the two best of the four, although Ridley and and Brown certainly bring a big-time speed element that the Browns could use opposite of Cooper. Browns sign any of those four guys, I'm happy camper. I think many of you would be also. I'd go crazy sign two of those guys if I could. Can you imagine if you had Higgins and Pittman? Or Higgins? Probably couldn't have Higgins and Pittman, but but Higgins and and uh, Ridley or Pittman and Ridley could be could be big big deal, and Watson would have a ton of weapons in his disposal for next season. In terms of who's going to be calling plays, to me it's a no brainer. It should be Kevin Stefanski. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. Andrew Berry in his press conference today said Kevin Stefanski is an excellent play caller. That's one of the things he's best at. He hasn't even scratched the surface of what he could do. And if he doesn't call plays, it'll be his choice. Now, I've heard things to the contrary. If it's not his choice, Andrew Berry wouldn't say that in a press conference. He can't admit that if it's not his choice. Why on earth would Kevin Stefanski choose not to be the play caller when he's wanted to do it for four years and he did his best job this past year? Giving up that that role would not doesn't make any sense. So I believe if he doesn't do it next year, his hand's been forced, which I don't like. Now, some of you will choose to say I'm being a rabble rouser or I'm being negative. That's asinine. Nobody was more positive about this team this past year. And for much of the last two years, nobody was more excited to have Deshaun Watson on this team. So you're you you're the ones with agendas if you got a problem with what I'm saying, not me. Um but I Kevin Svansky should call the plays. So far the guys they're, they've interviewed for the OC jobs. Ken Dorsey, former Browns quarterback, was a play caller with Buffalo. Got fired in the middle of the season in Buffalo. Did a good job overall in Buffalo. Uh, Gerard Johnson, quarterback coach with the Texans. Andy Dickerson, uh, offensive line coach with Seattle. None of those guys have the cachet to be the play caller over Kevin Stefanski. If, if any of those guys get the job and they're calling plays over Kevin Stefanski, there's no chance that that was his call. Zero. Now they get some some big name that we haven't they haven't talked to yet. Oh, maybe it's a different story. Maybe Kevin says, "Hey, listen, this guy's really special. I want to get him here. Let me let him call plays." Okay, maybe I'll buy into that. Uh, and Ken Dorsey again, you know, he did get fired in Buffalo. The offense played better. Now a lot of that was just because they were turning the ball over less. They weren't really any more efficient, and I hated their play calling against Kansas City. I thought they ran the ball way too much. And Ken Dorsey, I, I got to believe, gets some credit for the some of the development of uh, Josh Allen, who, as talented as he is, was very raw coming out of college. So I don't have a problem if they hire Ken Dorsey as the OC. That's fine with me. Of these three guys, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Gerard Johnson. They want to hire him too. I just think the Brown that the Kevin Stefanski should keep calling plays. He's good at it, and he did the best job of his career this past season. 
to give him some sort of demotion off of last year makes no sense. Again, if it truly is his choice, then fine. If he thinks the team's better off with somebody else calling plays, then I'm on board. I believe in Kevin Stefanski. I don't believe in Jimmy Haslam. And I believe in Andrew Berry, but it's not his say. Kevin Stefanski gives up play calling. It's either his choice or the owner's choice. I think that's pretty obvious. And if that happens, who the OC is will will go a long way in deciding what the truth is. But everybody's going to believe what they want to believe anyway. That's a sad state of affairs. Uh, Also, Deuce Staley has interviewed with the Browns to be the running back coach. Talked about that a little last week. Uh, Deuce, obviously, was an excellent running back in the league. Uh, won a Super Bowl as the running backs coach of the Eagles the year that uh, Nick Foles won the championship. And so, uh, I, you know, it seems like a smart hire. I got no problem with that. I, I, I'm not going to get excited or, or sad about who, you know. There's nothing they could do in terms of hiring a, a running back coach or a tight end coach that's going to get me overly enthused or, or overly uh, not enthused, if you will. Couple other things from the uh, Andrew Berry interview today. He he was asked about Joe Flacco coming back, and he talked about how they have spent money at backup quarterback before, which is true. When they weren't paying a lot of money to a starting quarterback, they paid Case Keenum a good amount. They paid uh, Jacoby Brissett a decent amount. This year they didn't. They brought in Flacco. Everybody's being very tight lipped. Um, there's a chance we're going to have Joe Flacco on the podcast this week, so stand by for that. There'll be announcements about that. And if we do, I'll certainly ask that, him that question about coming back, about his relationship with Deshaun Watson, and we'll have some fun with him also. So hopefully that's going to that's gonna happen this week. But Andrew Berry was certainly noncommittal on that. He was asked about Nick Chubb, and he, taught, he basically said, as long as we can work the money out, he's back. The Browns better figure it out. You don't want to see Nick Chubb in another uniform next year. That would be a huge mistake by the Browns, not just from a – a fan standpoint, and we love Nick Chubb, and he's the most popular player on the team. It, it, he's just a good player. He's still an excellent player. I, I you know, again, he's got to show it again coming off an injury, but he's not old to the point. He's not too old that I would think he's going to be not that good. I, I, I'd, I'll be very surprised if Nick Chubb is not at least ninety percent of the player he was, if not a hundred. Very surprised. So. The Browns got to find a way. And, you know, I know Jason Lloyd has said on on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show a number of times that he thought when Nick Chubb first got hurt that that was the end of Nick Chubb. And I think we all, maybe not all, but I thought there was a chance of that too, as depressing as it was. But the Browns running game went down the tubes. Jerome Ford was very inconsistent. Kareem Hunt has, at this point, a limited skill set. He's very, you know, he's good at the short yardage situations, the goal line situations, but that's all he is at this point. And obviously Nick Chubb can do all of that in addition to doing all the other great things he does. I'd keep Jerome Ford around. I'd let, you know, if if Nick Chubb's healthy and they figure it out, I would let Kareem Hunt walk. I know people are going to have a problem with that. Uh, I would I would go with um, with Chubb and, and, and Ford, and I would draft another young back. Maybe keep keep Pierre Strong around on the practice squad. But I, I, I'm dipping into the running back, uh, uh, draft a running back again this year. I think that's that's also something you should do. Uh, the Browns got a lot to work out this offseason. There's no doubt about it. Also this weekend, I was fired up about the Guardians. It was it was uh, Guardians Fest this weekend. 
Paul Dolan spoke. Uh, he was asked about spending some money on on a power hitter. He said, "We're everything we we're going to have to do that organically and throughout the organization." I mean, that's a total joke. Uh, Paul Dolan is is winning is not a priority. Uh, you know, they spent money when they in 15, 16, 17 when the team was good, but since signing that three year, sixty million dollar contract with Edwin Encarnacion seven years ago, they have spent nothing essentially. 70 million, 70 something million since then in free agency. It's about 10, 11 million a year. That's pathetic. And they've signed almost nobody of value in that time and let most of their free agents walk or be traded. Uh, now, I give them credit for signing Ramirez and, and Jimenez to under, under market value deals. Good job there. But uh, there's no commitment from ownership to winning. None. None. That's, they're not interested. Uh, I shouldn't say they're not interested. It's just not a priority. And that's very frustrating. Very frustrating. As for, uh, so anyway, that's it for the Guardians for now. They've added Scott Barlow. And I do actually like that addition of the pan in a trade. And they signed Austin Hedges, which, is just, you know, he's perfectly fine as the veteran backup. I'm okay with that as long as he's the backup, which I assume he will be with Bo Naylor here. I don't really have a problem with it. I don't know why you'd, when you when you have no money to spend, you'd spend $4 million on a backup catcher who can't hit. But uh, they love him in the clubhouse. Uh, that's fine, I guess. Again, if they if they spent money, I wouldn't care about the Hedges thing at all. He's a perfectly acceptable backup catcher. He's excellent defensively. So and and play caller and good. I, I I'm just annoyed by it because they're not spending any money, and that's the only money they've spent. That's why I'm pissed off about it. We'll leave it there for now. All right. Uh, again, like I said, hopefully Joe Flacco this week. Working on some really other cool things going forward. We'll have the picks for Championship Sunday later in the week. Thanks to everybody for joining me as always. Please hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Please hit the thumbs up. Give me a little thumbs up action if you like the podcast. Um, even if you're mad at me, I love you anyway. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. We'll talk to you next time. Where else? But right here. In the bullpen with Adam the Bull. Oh, I forgot to tell you one other thing. Speaking of Bet Rivers, the host of the podcast, uh, get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Went up to $10,000 in bonus money. 10000 bucks. Not going to beat that. Bet $10 in same game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. I'll talk to you next time. Where else? But right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. 